All right, y'all. This is your man, L. Jamal, coming through with another edition of Never Out of Bounds. This is the place where you can say what you want as long as you got them facts. Not a whole lot of different st- stuff to talk about today, but we are going to be getting into, into depth. Uh, of course, we will be talking about that NCAA tournament. Uh, the, uh, the selection committee uh, did their work yesterday, and we all we have our top four C's, and we also have we're going to be talking about well i'm going to be talking about some of the you know some of the other participants in this upcoming uh tournament and also as well we're going to get into some trump news as well we're going to be talking about that veto so let's get right into it with that word on the street and as as many of you uh well know trump has decided to veto uh congress's decision to block the national security call uh and on march 26 uh congress will finally be, well, congress will come together for a vote on whether to challenge the veto now uh when it comes to challenging this veto, the uh, con- Congress and uh, Congress as a whole, meaning the House and the Senate, is going to have to have a two-thirds majority in terms of support, whether it will actually f- against the veto and for it to uh, for it to fall through. Uh, now, this is going to be a little bit harder. I don't know if they get the two the two-thirds support of, of of Republicans and Democrats. I'm pretty sure they get all Democrat support, but again, that's two-thirds. That means you're going to have to get a good number of Republicans, um, way more than what you got, way more than the Democrats were able to get this time to kind of push it to this point. Um, but we will see. Uh, we will definitely see. Uh, there is there is some decision dissension amongst the Republican Party. Uh, but the, here's the here's a quote here from Trump, uh, just to kind of put you guys in a mindset of where he's at, and you know, because it's plain and it's to the point, and it kind of just encapsulates encapsulates pretty much what's going on. Uh, Congress has the freedom to pass a resolution, and I have the duty duty to veto it. So he's been planning for this. Of course, when I talked about this before, I pretty much said this was pretty much bound to happen um the biggest thing now again would be to get the two-thirds support between uh congress and the senate uh dems at this time are believing that the emergency the emergency that trump is calling for is fake uh, i feel the same i feel as though that there might be ways that we can improve the immigration system to call it an emergency and say it's worth five million five billion dollars of our tax money I don't think so. I'm not really for that. Uh, again, there is that the crime element and there is the drug element. Uh, I, I say that a lot of that is being done by American-born citizens just as much as whatever illegal immigrants we have coming in. So uh, we definitely have, we definitely can do a better job of, of allowing people in and out. Um, I, I just don't see where it's a, per, it's a it's an emergency. It's a matter of emergency, uh, especially to get $5 billion of money allocated towards it. So that's that's just me. Uh, Republicans also feel that fear that what Trump is doing is against constitutional law, and not only that, it will lead to an extreme, uh, extreme liberalism with the next Democratic president. So, uh, he, what they're what they're saying is pretty much if if Trump keeps pushing this wall thing and you know keeps pushing this hard line on immigration, that the very next because I, and it kind of it kind of makes you feel as though they're not really. Um, they're not really sure on him being able to win the next election or 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 a Republican for that matter win the next election. So they're very concerned about what's going to happen if that next Democratic president gets in there. So that's what the that's what the Republicans are going for, going worried about right now. Uh, as far as the Democrats, uh, it's more so. Uh, well, you know, they're not they're not. Well, they have they have a 
they've already been outright against, um, you know, immigration policies. They're more, I mean, as a party, they've just been more uh, gears, geared toward, you know, um, toward pro-immigration. Of course, there's sanctuary cities, there's sanctuary states. Uh, that's that's more on the lines of what Democrats have called for. So they're pro-immigration for the most part. Uh, again, I could see where there could be some improvements made in terms of how we're, who we're letting in, how we're letting them, letting them in, uh, maybe our vetting process, uh, maybe just in terms, I mean, because again, I, I, you know, and, um, you know, as far as to taking the jobs and all that, uh, we're talking about, you know, a lot of agriculture work, a lot of service industry jobs. Uh, again, you know, people are, you know, staying and, and, and you know, educating themselves. So those, those things I don't really have a problem with. You know, I, uh, I'm pretty sure that there might be some game bangers, you know, slipping in and, you know, maybe a murder or two slipping in, um, you know, but we have that already here. Uh, we have prisons filled of people who've sold drugs or, or mur murdered people. Uh, so, you know, again, I'm not going to blame a whole group of people because of, you know, where they come from, uh, based, you know, and try to say that that's who they are. I'm not going to, I'm not going to go there. Uh, that'd be the same, the same, uh, decision making, the same line of thinking could be applied to me and to be applied to black men. So I try not to think along those lines. I try to be, um, personable and try to be open-minded. Uh, but this, this topic in terms of, um, you know, immigration, especially in the West coast, because of, uh, because of the history we have, uh, just being, you know, first of all, being a different country, being a part of Mexico and being in California, you get, you get the chance to see, you know, the immigration, um, uh, the immigration situation right there in front of your face. So uh, because of this, I've decided uh, to have, uh, I'm not too sure exactly how I'm going to do it, whether it's going to be like a series type of thing, but I wanted to, to talk about, uh, talk about immigration, uh, talk about, you know, historically what it's been, um, the precedent that it's, that it's set, uh, what, you know, and just kind of the drama that, you know, it's been, it's led to. Uh, I also wanted to get into Calif some California history. Uh, let's take it back a little bit. Let's go back to sp even Spain, California, the missions, uh, just so we get an idea and give you guys an idea of, of why immigration is a thing and really what's the history behind these places and why are we having these these almost uh, these pitch battles about who belongs where or or who doesn't belong in a certain place. Uh, let's learn a little bit. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you guys some facts again. I wanted to you know take it back, especially with the history of California. Uh, recently came across some information there about it well actually rereading re re up on that information again and um it's very interesting you start understanding the history of you know at least the western states and just california in general uh you'll start to realize this is this is really you know complicated and a lot of people were involved so when we start saying who belongs and who's a, who's a citizen who's not a citizen it gets very funny and very tricky so let's talk about it i want i wanted to talk about it and uh i'll be i'll be using my historical references and and believe me i'll be making this discussion with y'all i want this to be uh i think this is a very important discussion uh because this is people's livelihoods people are coming here uh people people um are being affected by moving here people are affect, being affected by the people coming in here so uh, let's talk about that. And um, pretty soon, uh, within the next uh, episodes, next couple episodes, I'll be breaking that down for you guys. Just some history about, um, you know, just Mexico and and, Latin, and these Latin American countries in general, and uh, and just how they migrated here, why they're coming here, uh, and the history of them being in these areas: California, New Mexico, Arizona. So let's get more deeper into that. Let's get a better understanding. Hopefully. Um, 
from what I'm able to tell you, you'll get a better idea about what's going on here. That's that's my biggest goal. That's my biggest goal right now. Uh, for now, I'm going to take a quick break. And when I get back, like I said, we will be breaking down this NCAA tournament. Uh, we had some conference tournaments wrap up last weekend or yeah, during the weekend, Saturday and Sunday to be exact. So we're going to go through there. We're going to wrap those. We're going to wrap those conference tournaments up. We're also going to be talking about the top four seeds. And we're also going to be talking about some other seeds uh, that punched their ticket last uh yeah, pretty much last night through the selection Sunday, and we're also going to be breaking down the first four, uh, the first four matchups as well in the tournament. Like I said, we'll be breaking down somewhat of that tournament structure too. So I'll be right back, y'all. All right. All right, y'all. I am back. Like I said, I got a lot of college basketball to go over. Uh, I will be going over this week, uh, this weekend's action with the conference tournaments. Let's get right into it. Uh, on Saturday, of course, we had the American Athletic Conference. Uh, they wrapped up their semifinals. Uh, the first seed of Houston Cougars were able to take out the Memphis Grizzlies, uh, 61 to 58. Uh, the number two seed of Cincinnati Bearcats also got it done against Wichita State, uh, setting up the final. Final round uh, against Houston and Cincinnati. I will get to that final score in just a little bit. Uh, but moving on uh, to the rest of Saturday's uh, scores, uh, the number two seeded Utah State Aggies got it, got it done against the four seeded San Diego State Aztecs in the Mountain West Championships. Uh, Utah State won that 64 to 57. Uh, going off to the Big East, uh, the first seeded Villanova Wildcats got it done against their main rival, the Seton Hall Pirates, 74 to 70, 72 is the final score. We're going to go over those stats here. For Seton Hall, they were led by their two guards, uh, Miles Powell. He had 25 points, leading all scores. He also had five rebounds and four assists. Anthony Nelson also had 12 points, two rebounds, and two assists. For Villanova, their highest scorer was Eric Pascal. He had 17 points, eight rebounds, and three assists. Their forward, their other forward, Sadiq Bey, had a double-double, 16 points, 10 assists. He also put in three assists. Um, also, guard Phil Booth, one of their top scorers, uh, 16 points, four rebounds, and three assists. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, Villanova is the first team to win three, uh, three in a row uh, in terms of conference titles uh they've also won four of the last five and they're going to their seven straight uh seven straight uh playoff appearance so they're looking like a team on the well i mean they're probably a they're not a, they're probably not a favorite this year uh they they took a couple l's this year they're 25 and 9 going into the tournament uh as far as seton hall goes they're 20 and 13 uh seton, seton hall did force 14 turnovers and this will be their first their fourth straight uh NCAA tournament appearance as well. So they're both pretty solid teams. Uh, the loss did not seem to set off Seton Hall uh, that much. Of course, they play a really great defense. So they'll find their way uh, at least past the second round with that defense. As far as Villanova, I'm not too sure if they're a favorite uh, to win it. They definitely won it last year. Uh, they definitely have Phil Booth, their guard. He's going to be a good factor for them. They, they're pretty balanced, too. They play well on offense and pretty good on defense as well. So they'll, I think they'll probably go as far as my, why not the why not the elite eight? Why not the top eight teams left? Uh, moving on to the Big Ten, uh, Big Twelve title. Excuse me. Uh, the fifth seeded Iowa State Cyclones got it done against Kansas, seventy-eight to sixty-six. Uh, Iowa State moves on to twenty-three and eleven. Kansas moves on to the tournament, twenty-five and nine. For Iowa State, they were led by uh, their guard Lindell Wigginton. He had seventeen point six rebounds and two assists off the bench. Mario Shayok, their their starter, uh, he had fifteen points, four rebounds, and three assists. And 
forward Michael Jacobson had 14 points and five rebounds. For Kansas, uh, they were led by Dedrick Lawson. He had 18 points and eight rebounds. Uh, their guard, Devin Dotson, had 17 points and three assists. And um, for Iowa State, this is their first conference title in six years and as far as kansas it was a tough game a tough game scoring for them uh Diedrich lawson went 211 in the first half uh and eventually as a team they would go 28 and 71 on field goals in three of 13 for uh three of 18 excuse me at the three-point line so i don't know uh there's a lot to, there's a lot of questions for kansas i did not like that performance I don't know if they go deep into that tournament. It does not look well. It does not bode well for me. I, I didn't like it. That's just me. Uh, moving on, some other Saturday action. We have some uh, SEC semifinals. Uh, number three, uh, the number three team out there, Tennessee, was able to get it done against the number two seed, eighty-two to seventy-eight. Uh, moving on, we also have the eight-seeded, uh, eight-seeded Florida Gators going down to the fifth-seeded Auburn Tigers. So that. Uh, that SEC championship uh, was Tennessee versus LSU. I got that score for you guys a little bit later on as well. Uh, we also got some Big Ten semifinals on Saturday. Uh, Michigan State was able to get it done against Wisconsin, 67-55. Uh, Michigan also got it done in a big way against uh, Minnesota, 76-49. Uh, moving on uh, to the Pac-12 championship. This was my favorite game, of course, because my favorite team was involved. Course, uh, the Oregon Ducks, the six, uh, the six-seeded Oregon Ducks, got it done against the first-seeded Washington Huskies, 68 to 48 is the final score there. Uh, the Ducks pretty much, actually, the Ducks uh, punched them, give themselves a ticket to the to the big dance. I told you guys before going into the championship game that I was a little bit iffy about them, uh, about them even making it. Uh, but it seems that winning the Pac-12 has given, well, gave them Arizona State, what would have been Arizona State or Washington's automatic bid for winning the tournament. But since Oregon was able to come through, they took that spot from both of those guys. And uh, I think Washington is completely out, and Arizona State has to play a game just to get into the tournament. That's how important these conference uh these conference tournaments are. Uh, like I said, Oregon got the uh, automatic seed. They won in a pretty much a blowout. Uh, it was a good game from them. Good, very good game from them. Uh, moving on, uh, the last game we got for Saturday, uh, actually the last couple games we have for Saturday, we got uh, here is the ACC Championship. Uh, we will be breaking that score down. Just give me one, one second. Yeah, uh, Florida State, uh, they... They came up short against Duke. The third, the third seeded Duke Blue Devils, sixty-three to seventy-three, is the final score there. Uh, Duke moves on to twenty-nine and five. Florida State moves on to twenty-seven and seven. For Florida State, they were led by the forward Mifundu Kabalinge. He had fourteen points and three rebounds. Their guard Terrence Mann also had twelve points and eight assists. For Duke, of course, they were led by Zion Williamson. He had twenty-one points. Five rebounds and two assists. Their guard, Trey Jones, also had 18 points, six assists, and four rebounds. And their forward, uh, R.J. Barrett, had 17 points, uh, nine rebounds. Uh, for Duke, this is their 21st ACC title. And uh, for the past three games, Zion has scored 81 points, uh, going 33 or 43 from the field. And he also has 33 rebounds. The one uh, the one takeaway, though, uh, negative takeaway from Duke, is that they only shot 14% from three in that championship game however they may not re me uh need to rely on that 
on that three-pointer. So they might be all right. Uh, moving on, we had the Big West Championship. Uh, Cal State Fuller, uh, Fullerton uh, went down in a major way to UC Irvine, the first uh, the first seed of UC Irvine. 92-64 to 64 is the final score here. UC Irvine moves on to 30-5 and five on the season. Cal State Fullerton is at 16-17. and 17. Uh, Let's break down these, uh, these stats here. For Cal State Fullerton, they were led by their guard, their two guards, Calman Allman Jr. He had 16 points, and their other guard Austin Awosika he had 13 points and four rebounds for UC, uh, UC Urban excuse me they were led by their guard and their forward Max Hazard at 23 points three rebounds and five assists and Colin Wilp had 23 points and three rebounds off the bench um, for Cal State Fullerton they were had to 20 held to 24 points in the first half and just 41 percent shooting uh, throughout the game and um, this caps a 16 game winning streak for UC Irvine and this is a school record so they're looking they're looking pretty hot going into the tournament uh but moving on let's get through sunday's action oh and we have one more actually two more championship games uh for saturday conference usa old dominion beat out western kentucky 62 to 56 to win that uh conference championship and uh let's go on to sunday uh we're going to start off with the atlantic 10 and uh saint bonaventure uh took a loss to st louis 55 to 53 uh, of course like i said we would move it on to the sec champ Championship, a major upset, kind of not really because this is kind. This has already happened earlier uh, this year. But the fifth, uh, the fifth seed Auburn Tigers took out the Tennessee Volunteers, who were who were the third seed. Eighty-four to sixty-four is the final score. There, of course, we'll be going over the stats uh, for. Uh, for Auburn, they were led by their guard, Bryce Brown. He had 19 points and two rebounds. Forward, uh, Chuma Okiki had 18 points and 13 rebounds. So a solid double-double for him. For Tennessee, they were led by their guard, Lamonte Turner. He led all scores with 24 points, three rebounds. He also had two assists. Uh, their forward, Grant Williams, also had 13 points, eight rebounds, and two assists. Uh, this is the first SEC title for Auburn since 1985. If I'm not mistaken, Charles. Barkley was still going there. If I'm not, if I'm not, uh, if I'm not wrong, uh, the Vols were had to, held to 23 points in the first half, and uh, the yes, the Volunteers were held to 23 points in the first half. Again, not good shooting experience for them, and the Tigers on top of that forced 12 turnovers. So Auburn can play some defense. They go ahead and push themselves a tournament, uh, tournament ticket. Tennessee moves on to a number two seed, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, moving on, we have some uh, Sun Belt Championship to talk about. UT, uh, basically, well, UT Arlington, uh, out there in Texas, of course, Arlington. Uh, they got they. Took an L to Georgia State in that Sun Belt Championship. 64 to 73 is the final score there. Moving on to the American American Conference Championship. Uh, Cincinnati pulled off an upset against the first seeded Houston Cougars. 69 to 57 is the final score there. Let's go over that score real quick. Uh, for Cincinnati, they were led by their uh, their guards, Jerron, uh, Jerron Cumberland. He had 33 points and eight rebounds. Keith Williams also had 15 points and three rebounds. For Houston, they were also led by their guards. Uh, Armani Brooks had 17 points and five rebounds, and Corey Davis had 12 points. Uh, for Houston, they were outscored 30 to 27, 36 to 27 in the second half. Uh, at one point, Cincinnati even led by 15. Houston was held to 30.6% shooting. I'm not surprised they're not a team that scores a whole lot of points. I knew they would struggle. Kind of the same with Virginia. Uh, if they're able to keep a team, if they're able to, to 
to maintain a team defensively, then it's all good. But if that team is scoring a lot, in this case, Cincinnati, they would have to have those buckets drop for them. It becomes a hard game uh, for Houston. Uh, Houston was also out-rebounded 39-33. to uh, And this, the funny thing is about this is Cincinnati went 0-2 versus the Cougars this season. So to get this champion, this conference championship win is pretty much of an upset. And uh, Jerron Cumberland was the tournament's outstanding player. I just want to put that out there. And finally, we got the Big Ten Championship. Of course, it was the in-state rivalry. We could not get enough of that. This is like the third time going at each other, if not more. Uh, the third seed in Michigan State, uh, sorry, the third seed in Michigan Wolverines uh, lost to the first seed in Michigan State Spartans, 60 to 65. Of course, like I said, it's an in-state bloodbath. Let's go through the stats here. Uh, for Michigan, they were led by their forward Ignis Bradzikis. He had 19 points and six rebounds. Their guard Jordan Poole also had 13 points and two, uh, four rebounds and two assists. And their center John Teske had 10 points, two assists, and also two re and also 10 rebounds. For Michigan State, they were led by their guard, uh, Matt McQuaid. He had 27 points and four rebounds, and he went 7 of 13 for three. So he had a humongous game for the Spartans. That's pretty what well, that was their deciding factor. Also, uh, Cassius Winston also had 14 points and 11 rebounds. So a good solid double double from him. Uh, Michigan State and Michigan were both locked down number two seeds. Michigan State is kind of mad about that. Uh, but the Spartans did go on a 10 0 run to cap off the game. They were losing. Uh, Michigan was leading by 13 with 17 minutes left so again they got a good shooting performance out of matt mcquade and they will be in the tournament uh moving on speaking of the tournament we're gonna go to the top four seeds real quick uh some of you guys are not gonna be surprised about this but of course uh the top four seeds coming out of the eastern uh Eastern region is going to be Duke, who is 29 and 5. Out of the West, we have Gonzaga at 30 and 3. Coming out of the South, we have Virginia at 29 and 3. And out of the Midwest, we got North Carolina, Carolina excuse me, at 27 and 6. Other notable teams that, that punch the tickets, of course, we have Virginia Tech at 24 and 8. Kansas State out of the Big 12, they are 25 and 8. Uh, we also got Kentucky. We already know about those guys. Uh, some other notable teams, of course, we have at 38, we have C. Hall, we already know about Oregon, who was able to fight it, fight it off, fight off the haters and get through their conference, get them a get them a uh actual spot even though they weren't even being talked about and finally at 51 we have uc irvine again another smaller school uh not necessarily talked about a whole lot but again making a big impact they went on a 16 16 game winning streak 30 and 5 on the year really good they might even turn some heads um of course, we uh, the tournament itself is gonna actually is technically gonna start in a couple more days, the nineteenth. And when we uh, well, the first matchups we call here are the first four. Really, it's eight teams in general. Uh, but it's two games, two playing games, and the, and by playing games, these are two, these are games that will decide basically two more spots. Uh, yeah, actually two more spots for uh, the tournament. Uh, so there'll be two 11 seeds versus going off against two 16, uh, two 11 seeds facing off against each other, and then also you'll have two 16, uh, two 16 seeds going off against each other. And he's gonna be the 
it's going to be held from the 19th to the 20th. Uh, so the first set of matchups are going to be uh, the 211 seeds, Temple versus Belmont on the 19th, of course. And then the 216 seeds, uh, Fairly Dixon versus Prairie View. They will be heading, they will be uh, facing off against each other again, like I said, the 19th. And so those two games, uh, Temple versus Belmont, Fairly Dickinson versus Prairie View. Again, the winner of those two games basically just fight for a spot just to, uh, just to get in the tournament. They're still kind of, if anything, you could technically say these guys are still bubble teams. This is one last bubble game. This is like a, a wild card game in MLB. This is technically the playoffs, but it's not really a round per se just yet. You're solidifying the last few spots. Uh, that second group of games uh, is going to be the 20th, and that's going to be against North Dakota State versus, uh, that's going to be North Dakota State versus North Carolina Central. And then also you're going to have St. John uh, out there in New York City versus Arizona State. So again, these are just playing games. These are just for the last couple of spots in the playoffs. Uh, well, yeah, you can call it in the playoffs. Um, just, just, just the last few spots again. And and these in these teams, especially the 16 ranked teams, the 16 uh, the 16 ranked teams will go on and face the first ranked teams in that first round. So let's say, for instance, Fairly Dickinson beats out Prairie View. Uh, 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 Fairly Dickinson will play the first seeded Duke Blue Devils in that first round game. Uh, let's say uh, Arizona State beats out St. John uh, in that that 16th ranked game. Uh, they will be playing that first seeded. They will probably be playing. Um, I think it depends on what well, actually depends on what bracket they put them in. But again, let's say for instance they're in the western, uh, they end up being in the western bracket. Let's say St. John uh, beats out Arizona State in that playing game, uh, end up getting that 16 seed. They'll they'll play that first seed, uh, either whether it be uh, they'll probably end up playing uh, North Carolina or Virginia. So again, the 16 play, the, it's just like the NBA. The lower seed plays the higher seed, and and so forth. So they try to make it as fair as possible. It's going to be in depth. It's going to be somewhat of a drawn out, well, not so much a drawn out tournament, but it does take its time. It's a it's an unwinding it's an unwinding tournament. Um, after the first round, of course, you'll have the second. It'll go to the and then after that, it'll be at the Sweet 16, 16 best teams in the nation. Then it goes from that. Uh, breaks down after that round. You have the elite eight, eight best teams, of course. Then it breaks down to the final four. That's your semifinals, and then of course you have your national championship. The two best teams going at it. So, as we get closer, I'll be breaking it down. I'll be breaking down some more first round matchups. Of course, I'll be breaking down the first four, um, the first playing games course uh as well so we were breaking those down going over scores there and of course as the tournament of course progresses we'll be talking about it all right so for now i'm gonna call it a wrap for today uh next episode of course i wanted to get into that series about immigration um uh, just the issues here with that also of course we'll be detailing some more of this tournament right here i did not get to uh nfl free agency like i wanted to so we will be going over that and of course i will be having a playoff uh some NBA playoff talk as well. So I'll see y'all soon. If anybody hasn't told you yet, I love you and um, peace out. One love. Y'all have a good day.